and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And uh, today we have a treat for everyone, a treat that is familiar to longtime listeners of the show, familiar to fans of the growing LGBTQ pro wrestling movement. Fans of just great independent pro wrestling. Of course, I am speaking of the one and only the business, Billy Dixon. Uh, Billy is back on the show once again to chat all about pro wrestling vibe and Pride and Vibe weekend coming up in June. And a big match that he has coming up at Fight Club Pro Wrestling's in Grapital We Trust on February 20th. Going up against... O'Shea Edwards in a last fighter standing for the Afro-Continental Championship with a shot at Trisha Dora in the Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Championship uh, there. So, big week, uh, big couple of weeks, big year ahead for Billy, and then we go through a lot of what's, what's on the horizon as well as, you know, just a lot of what's been going on in... In Billy's mind, outside of planning an entire weekend festival celebrating queer pro wrestling, <laughs> you know, the normal, the normal things you do. Um, but yeah, awesome conversation as always. And, and speaking of awesome conversations, I have to real quick thank once again Kid Bandit uh, for taking the time yesterday to come on the show. Um, really, really great um, time to, to meet and catch up with them. I really hope that all of you brigands uh, enjoyed that one as well. Um, you know, talk about somebody that has a very bright future ahead of them in, in this business. Uh, it's great to see. There's just something awesome about being able to move between two days shows. You have the, the 2021 QWI Rookie of the Year, and then the next day you have the uh, QWI 200 number one wrestler. Um it's like two sides of the same coin, sides of what makes this movement so great and, and the growth in it so wonderful to see as well. So I don't know. Uh, sometimes I just have to take a step back and think about some of the the things that we do on this show and the people that we have on this show and, and see it from a, a wider perspective as opposed to just staring at audio editing uh, files <laughs> and all that good stuff. Um, anyway. Uh, we'll get to my conversation with Billy here in just a second, but I did want to shout out uh, Wrestlers Lab real quick before beforehand because um, Chemical MV finally dropped in the past week, and boy, that show was worth the wait. Um, of course, you know we here at the show sponsored Mister Grimm uh, in his match against Devontes on that show, and. Obviously, Grimm did not disappoint. Devontes was outstanding as well. Really hard-hitting battle there that was just superb and exactly what you expect whenever you see Grimm get into the ring. Um, also, have to shout out Baby Grimm as well. I, I cannot say stress this enough. Baby Grimm is over. Baby Grimm is in. The whole Grimm family is over. And it's amazing to see um those moments shared on the broadcast there it was just it touches you you know it, get, it gets it gets underneath to to your heart and your emotions and where all of that stuff lives inside of you wherever it does it was just awesome to see 
Um, so shout out to Grim. Envy Young and Max Zero killed it. Eel O'Neal, um, as always, just I I am very, very excited to see where where Eel goes coming out of this as well. Um, Eel and Envy should be a really great match. It could potentially be another great rivalry. There's just a lot coming. Big Calyx and Ziggy and just there's so much. If you haven't checked out the show yet, definitely go check it out over at IWTV. And of course, don't forget to use code LGBT RingPod whenever you uh, sign up for your IWTV subscription as well. Um, helps us out a little bit there. Um, but yeah, it's awesome show as always. I am very excited to see what Wrestlers Lab has cooking up next. Call me a Labrador. I'm into it. Put the bowl in front of me. I'll lap it up. It's it's all day. Wrestlers Lab can't uh, stress enough how awesome it is to support that that promotion and what they're doing over there um also what a what a main event with sunny kiss and effie on the the first episode of uh, enjoy wrestling striking distance um just outstanding uh match there between those two uh absolute icons of uh this lgbtq pro wrestling movement but honestly deserve that spotlight beyond the lgbtq uh, community as well just two outstanding pro wrestlers doing what they do best uh that's up for free on youtube on enjoy wrestling's youtube channel go you have no no excuses check check that match out as well um just a whole lot of whole lot of good stuff this week um a whole lot of good wrestling to check out but before you check out any pro wrestling make sure to uh stand up uh, all rise because our gay president is here. Let's talk to Billy Dixon. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I'm very excited to have as my guest this week someone who by far is our most frequent guest on the show, <laughs> even though it's been a little bit since we had the chance to talk to him. Um, of course, had a big a big year so far the continued reign of the afro continental slash chocolate city champion and fight club producer owner pro wrestler vibe a pro wrestling vibe and of course uh, our gay president after being named number one on the qwi 200 for 2021 please welcome to business billy dixon back to the show how you doing billy i'm doing good it's like a sitcom and I'm like the annoying like recurring guest star <laughs> that um just comes back and I'm just way too comfortable like it's good to be back um uh and I want to thank you for the honor of uh topping the uh the QWI 200 um your check is in the mail uh <laughs> and um it was it was completely unexpected and um how great is a uh, how great is uh, the state of all things queer in wrestling? So um, I'm happy to be here and happy to talk shop with you and um, talk about the, the secret mention and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot going on, um, obviously, between Fight Club and Pro Wrestling Vibe and a bunch of different other places that, you're, that you've been, Pro Wrestling Magic, Naptown eventually. You know, like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on for you right now as we sort of head towards uh and a, a very interesting and um exciting anniversary for you coming up in april because we're we're heading on that road to to wrestlemania week again and obviously like your match with aj gray last year 
was one that really kind of lit up a lot of progressing circles, independent and otherwise. I think a lot of people kind of viewed that match um, with a lot of significance. I guess we can start. We can start there. Like, kind of, how are you feeling as we kind of get like rolling towards that that period again? And if there's any reflection there for you, I'm feeling really good. Um, uh, I am a lot more chill than I was that time uh, because that time I wasn't really happy in life. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy career wise. You know, I think. I think when you're in a position where you may be viewed as like the, like one of the top performers in like a category of performer or like a group that you may identify, it doesn't necessarily mean that like that reference is evenly dispersed as you go out into an entire industry. So I was incredibly frustrated because I felt like, you know, I feel like I've been doing pretty good. I feel like, you know, I should be getting a little bit more. What what am I not doing well? What am I lacking at? You know, I wasn't getting I wasn't getting answers or anything like that. So it was hard. It was hard. And then uh, I wanted to quit. So um, I like I was like canceling bookings and stuff like that. And then uh, AJ Gray and Effie basically were just like, no, we're not doing. It. We're not. They said no. I was like, you can't tell me you can't make me continue my career. And then they said, here's an idea. AJ broke it down for me. I was like, I'm a sucker for a good story. So uh, that led me to Tampa and uh, bleeding to death in 80 degree weather. So uh, I'm really grateful to learn uh, AJ took great care of me. AJ is such a great leader and um, uh, he'll kill me for like saying nice things about him, but like, I think he understood what that match was supposed to be. We both were on the same page. And, uh, you know, that was a, a great moment in my life and my career. So I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful uh, for Effie for uh, that opportunity. I didn't take that lightly. No, I mean, it definitely seemed to kind of kind of jumpstart you again. Because I remember what we talked uh, kind of around that time as well. And I remember you telling me that you, I was surprised to hear that you were kind of in that place where you were ready to just walk away from wrestling in general and especially to see like what kind of came after that match now to see like once like it kind of like centered you again in a way or like give you another spark um so to speak i don't know it I'm was maybe a speaking baptism. It yeah that match was a baptism literally um something just i that reignited my passion that 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 made me understand what excellence in the ring looks like but um i think that match made me realize that like there's still so much i could do and um i uh god people are like oh you're so inside baseball but like uh one of the things i think a lot of wrestlers struggle with is like their confidence and their abilities and and knowing that like hey i can do a good job here but like Am I producing a match, a segment, a promo, a whatever that is excellent? Am I really creating something that is of a higher caliber? And in my career, I felt like I was like solid. Like I could give you a solid match, but like, have I ever done anything like truly great? Like it was just a struggle back and forth I had. That's the first time 
I went through the curtain and I didn't need anyone's reassurance that I did a good job. Um, there's a picture floating around of like me collapsing, crying in AJ's arms. Cause like that match was the first time I knew it was beyond good. I knew it was something special. And I've had great matches and I'm not disrespecting anybody I've worked with before because I know I've done good work in my career, but that was just such a different level of energy internally and externally. And I knew, I knew what I was representing in the match. I knew the story I was telling. The story I was telling was just real life and applied to me as well. But uh, that gave me like a battery in my back to keep pushing and uh, we're still pushing, so. I mean, for sure. And and you did a whole lot of pushing after that too. I mean, between what what we saw at Paris's bumping uh back in the summer of last year, you know, all the the consolidation of Butch versus Gore and, and Paris's bumping under the, the pro wrestling vibe name now and, and the plans that you have in store in June of this year with Pride and Vibe Weekend, a first for queer pro wrestling. You talk about at the start at the start of the show, like the state of queer pro wrestling and queer identities in pro wrestling and just the amazing place that it's at. I think Pride and Vibe Weekend kind of represents that as well, um, to to me at least. Yeah. Um, well, when I looked at a, a list of like 200 names, I was like, <laughs> okay, like there's like so many. Because here's the thing, like I think people have a real misunderstanding this whole like like people have been fighting for decades and decades and i'm not erasing you know i'm not trying to be part of queer erasure right i'm really not but like the the real like push and like we're fighting happened like six years ago and like yeah like whatever but it started at a matter of pride and then we each took a piece of that and moved it into our own thing. And then that spawned Big Gay Brunch. Um, and people have done like one-offs here and there. And, 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 and honestly, the expansion in six years is really hard to manage and really hard for those of us who were, you know, no disrespect, we were out before there was really public support for being out. We were out when we were not getting paid anything getting five minute matches like we saw like the divas division but like we you know that was kind of what we were you know and like the only people because even at that time Effie wasn't like this huge thing like there was one focus on Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss was like like the, the the one who was given like actual like respect as an athlete and the rest of us were kind of like made to feel second best that's not Sunny's fault whatsoever but like what we what we have done in this time is hard to fathom because it wasn't long ago, it wasn't that long ago where we were like, holy shit. Um, so it's crazy. Like Nyla, Sunny, uh, Bowen, um, freaking AC Mac, like Dark Chic, like finally like being recognized widely as like this cool like entity, like. You know, Candy Lee has been more over than 90% of the indies and she hasn't taken a bump in three years. Like, <laughs> what is happening? It's so true. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and it's so exciting. It's so exciting. 
Uh, there's so much more work to do, obviously. But like, we have our first queer black world champion, first queer male period um, uh, with AC Mack, which was like insane to watch and um, exciting to watch. And in the same week, I can see AC Mack have a great match. I can see Nyla Rose kill it on television. It's it's like insane. It's like so insane. And it's really cool. And I'm happy for everyone's success and even my own. But like, I'm just astonished like at the world around me. Like, no, I mean, it's, it's very true. Like to put it that way, like you along with people like Effie and Eddie McQueen and Dark Sheik um and like so many others that um have been have been in this for a while back at the start of this whole movement really kind of laid that foundation to where like i can put together a list of 200 people you know a, a list that of 200 people that i still have to like like stress over like who to put on it because there's like far more than 200 you yeah. know like it's just it's it's something that um like I always would want wanted to see, but never knew if I would. Like there was always doubt there. So in that way, I'm, I definitely under, understand what you're talking about. And to see like this this tree emerge from under a matter of pride as well. But yeah, like like you have all these people doing these things, but then you also have, like you talk about AC Mac too. Like AC Mac was working those a matter of pride shows, you know, at some yeah. point there, and now he is in the middle of the ring in Georgia, in Tyrone, Georgia, talking about being the first openly queer male world champion in pro wrestling history and getting a, the entire building cheering louder than I heard them through, throughout the match for him in that mm -hmm. way. It, talk to me a little bit about like how, like how you kind of took in that moment for AC because like that match... The match was um, was you talk about storytelling in a match like that was just so good and the the speech afterwards just every there was just something something very very special about that entire night at Southeast First. That was whoa! That was that was like because you know um, there were title defenses for. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh, Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley. Whoops. Sorry, straights. Um, <laughs> at, there were title defenses for Alex Shelley being like promoted as if AC Mac was like a complete afterthought. And, uh, I was just like, I was like, oh, we can't even suspend disbelief. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, so I was like, well, this is cool. Like he's the first one to challenge for a world title. Like, okay. Like, progress you know trying to make the best of it um but to see uh, no no that's not true uh action star is the first female challenge for a championship excuse me um but to see some of like another one of us get an opportunity to put it that way it's like okay cool him winning didn't know like i was like i don't know i don't want to i was like not sure if i wanted to watch it live because like i don't want to be watching and like want this for my friend and then like it doesn't happen and then when I saw that roll up, I was like, oh, well, I could, as a wrestler, when I saw the match, I could, I realized very quickly, oh, holy shit, this is happening. But I wasn't ready. Because we're so used to the rug being pulled out. So I was like, oh, this is getting a little too Cinderella book for me. 
oh, why are they around the ring? Oh, this is fucked up. They're gonna really do this shit. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like getting angry because I thought he was gonna lose. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh, now he's gonna hit the comeback and they're cheering. And then when he hit the cradle, I was like, holy shit, this happened. I couldn't believe it. I threw the phone. <laughs> I was like, wow, like I I cried. I was just like, it was like, it was like I was on a roller coaster because like I just I was so happy for him, but I was anxious because I was like, as much as a good match it would have been had he not won, it would have been a little demoralizing to keep it real. Like, wow, he comes so close, you know. And in my personal opinion, there have been people that have been given championships of that level that I feel like do not meet the level of entertainer that AC Mack is, personally speaking. Sometimes I feel like that belt and other belts are used as agenda pieces. Um, uh, but I felt that that was like rewarding a performer that can do something different, something interesting, and something that is far greater and unique than people that have held that belt before it. If people didn't have, I don't get through shit. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, I thought that that the, the 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 promo and everything was like a real moment a real moment like that was beyond where we were because when you factor in the the location you factor in the fact that the southeast is littered with talent that doesn't get opportunities and i think when we when we talk about queer representation blah 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 like i think ac mac has been a little bit like in the back burner of the conversation of like how excellent of a performer he really is because he is so great um he's actually one third of my favorite matches ever one of my favorite matches i've ever saw live but like um to see him get that moment was like great. And then to see him kiss his boo, which he kayfabe, none of us knew that he wasn't single. So I was like, <laughs> oh, pulling a stunt. I respect it. Um, but it was like, it was, it was, it was, it's it's weird to be living through history. Um, because it's 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 somebody smashing a glass ceiling, but when it's someone you know and someone you know has been grinding and working and working and working and working and getting close to those like television companies and like you know, like brushing up against the best in the business. And like, you see them as equal to those people to see him write his name in history as being one of the best in the business period. I couldn't have been more happier for him. And I'm glad that he is the first. And if there is a, a time in which another one of us open mills were to win a world championship, we can actually tell the person, thank you for paving the way for me to get this opportunity. And that's what's so sick about that. Like, ah, uh, it's great. <laughs> no, it's a very powerful thing to be able to have that person like right there for you to be able to, to say that to. And I think that's one thing, speaking to like the, the larger like queer community when it comes to like these sort of championship moments, like a lot of the, actually, I think all of the people that, have all the queer people that have held a world title in some way shape or form um like officially recognized or whatever are still with us so you can still have those moments obviously ac has a special place because being the first male but like you still have trish you still have right. you still have sandy parker out doing wh whatever she's doing <laughs> wherever mm -hmm. she is you know um susan green nyla, nyla. yeah, yeah. i think I, I think with all due respect to the ladies 
I don't want to diminish their accomplishment because that's still huge. But I think there's a reason why the list of women is multiples of what the list of men are. And like, it gets dicey when you talk about all kinds of identities and things like that. But I think, you know, and then one day we'll have non-binary world champions. I don't want non-binary people to feel like I'm not including them in the conversation. But if I'm just speaking about like my jurisdiction as like a male um, or a man or whatever, um, that hurdle is invisible. It's like people talk about the forbidden door. A lot of people don't talk about the, the forbidden hurdle when you're a queer male, because with women, they're able to accomplish, and it, this it, it, and part of it plays into patriarchal, like sexual fantasy, right? To some degree, right? Yeah. But, and I, I think, I think for the longest time, when it comes to queer men in general in life, the first image people have when you say, "Oh, I'm gay," is of me having sex with another man. And when pro wrestling, and I've said this before, homosexual men completely by their being without doing anything confront the homoeroticism that is professional wrestling right when we're yeah. talking about like same gender matches right that is the forbidden hurdle that nobody wants to talk about but that's there so to see us kind of work at chipping away that hurdle that is there from a, like a sub psychological place is like really great so like not taking away from the, the ladies because the ladies have been killing it and I've been killing it a lot longer, but like, it's really awesome to see that like a guy, you know, got there because I, I you know, I don't want to take away from women. I don't want to take away from non-binary folks, but to see a male get there, especially a queer male, that is something that like is, is has been the hardest, the hardest uh, in wrestling to see happen. So I just want to make that distinction, but also acknowledge that everyone's worked super hard to accomplish what they've accomplished. No, I, I definitely understand understand your point, and to the to what you said about like the non-binary community. Oh, we'll get ours at some point. We so have, many. There's like, so many non-binary wrestlers. <laughs> just look. I, that's another. That's another kind of like takeaway from this AC moment is that like this is something I never thought I would see. You know. In, as someone who identified as a, as a queer male for like the first 34 years of his life, of their life, I just, yeah, I just misgendered myself on accident. Anyway, um, <laughs> like, so, so knowing that and then seeing this moment, it, it automatically clicks like, okay, it's even more real now that, that a non binary person will win a world championship at some point. Like, it, it has to happen. It's going to happen. And I can't wait to be there for that moment. Um, and, you know, I. It's interesting that the, like the, the different like that sort of invisible hurdle that you bring up when it comes to uh, queer men in in pro wrestling because that almost that exact same question was posed to me by my partner like after the AC match. It's just like, well, why do you think like it's been more accepting for for queer women as opposed to like queer men for these sort of places? And to me, like it all really feels like a conversation with the idea of masculinity and like and how pro wrestling represents that sort of thing and how pro wrestling views masculinity and and femininity for that matter um in a lot of ways um yeah. and it just it's just awesome to see that a lot of these 
notions that really i mean let's be real they're they're fake they're culturally made up to to put like, limits on people like yeah. and to see these things get broken in in a in a place like pro wrestling i am i will never ever not be for that for that because like the more that we see this culture broken down the more that we can advance and have better ideas about like how we actually identify and how we represent ourselves in these spaces. One one thousand. I think what's really interesting is the rise of male wrestlers um, painting their fingernails. Mm. It's just something I've like kept in the back of my head. I mean, I personally don't paint my fingernails; just my personal choice. But to see like straight identifying wrestlers like their fingernails are painted, it's like a gay agenda. What a beautiful thing! <laughs> yeah, to send the gay agenda our check. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I'm 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 excited for what AC has coming up, and obviously one of those things is Pride and Vibe weekend, June seventeenth and eighteenth up there in Litchfield Park, New Jersey. Um, talk to me a little bit about this event. Like you announced it back at the end of the year, um, last year, and you know tickets are on sale right now through shopiwtv.com. Um, you know, we got two big events, Cassandra, the second Cassandro Cup tournament. You got the next Paris is bumping, the Legends Ball going down. So many outstanding talents have already been announced for this. Pro Wrestling Vibe has a commissioner now and Faye Jackson. There's been a lot going on. Um, like, let's, start, let's start with where the genesis for, for the weekend came, because this is a, a huge thing. We've seen the rise of this pro wrestling weekend festival sort of th thing happened with the collective and with you know IWTV family reunion and with most recently with the restival um up in uh, up with um beyond and others um but we've never had one that's specifically for the queer community in this way and leave it to billy dixon and pro wrestling five to find a a, a gap in the market and fucking put it on um, talk to me about the origins of this. Like, when did the idea start coming up for you to, to put together the Pride and Vibe weekend? Well, after the colossal flop that was human nature, um, I was like, I felt bad. I was like, I got to make this up to the people. Um, and Chicago, I haven't forgotten about you. But um, I don't know. I just was just like, I, I wish I had a, a great story, but there's no great story. I was just like, no, oh, fuck that. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I'm impatient. Like, like, yeah, I like, like, everybody's like, you know, with time. And I'm like, there's a, like, there's a list now. There's so many of us. And so many of us are huge draws. So many of us are like topping match of the year lists and like all of this and merch. And, and I'm like, man. Like we could do like two nights of a show. Like, um, and uh, to me, I think that Cassandra Cup and Paris and Buffing really do go hand in hand if you were gonna do like, what is a package of a show looks like, you know? There's a lot of promotions that do multiple day things, right? But God, I think, what I'm going for is that I'm really cultivating different events, atmosphere, look, sound, vibe, no pun intended, uh, uh, for the show, 
So like, there's a budget for set design. There's a budget for uh, uh, mementos that are different for each show. I want people to feel like they went to two different worlds or that if they only get one show that they really went to like a fully realized conceptualized idea. Running multiple shows and it's just a ring and nothing looks different. We can do better than that. We can, we can have more imagination. We can have a couple hundred saved for set design. And it does not your thing, that's not your thing. I'm not judging, but like for me, I really, for this show and Paris is Pumping was like the, 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 the real test of like, how can I create the best fan experience on the independence? And I feel like I did, but like, um, how can I, like, what are the fans saying? What are the fans, what are the fans feeling? When pay-per-views happen, when these huge indie shows happen, oh, you bet your ass I'm in the hashtag. And because I want to hear, I want to hear the market research. I want to hear what people like, what people don't like, what are people's gripes, you know? And what, are, what do people come back for? Um, so I really wanted to cultivate uh, 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 my version of like Woodstock, like my version of like Studio 54 one night, the Tokyo Dome the next night, whatever else. Um, uh, and 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 uh, there's so many talented queer wrestlers, and we, I mean, we do have like we have the shows that we get brunch when there were a thing, the polyam cult parties. Um, you know, uh, Paris's bump with Sandro Cup, the first score, whatever. Um, and like the little spot shows here and there. Like, uh, Fear the Gay Agenda was another insane show, but like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to like have something feel like real all star shit. Like, I want people to feel like I can't miss this. I want people to feel like, what the fuck is gonna go down? I mean, I, I'll say it because I don't give two shits. Like, we set a First week, I uh, shop IWTV record. Mm. You know, I, I want people to feel like something major is going to happen here. Something that's a real paradigm shift is going to happen at these shows, and it's going to be hella fun. So let me uh, come. And also, I'm grateful that all the, the the talent on the show, queer or otherwise, trust my very melted brain to come up with. Uh, something good for their careers. Because, uh, you know, I am their peer. I'm still a wrestler. I'm not like retired and like some curmudgeon or some person who's never really wrestled. Like I will be with them at shows a month after this, months before it. So I really appreciate the trust that people have in my ability to create shows, especially the wrestlers, because that's a real compliment, you know? Yeah. No, I could definitely see that. And I must say, if your brain is melted when coming up with these ideas, I would love to see what, what it's like whenever it's pristine because like you're you're knocking it out of the park every single time that you that you're coming out of the gate, really. You know, like you talk about like the, the setting records with Shop IWTV. Like it feels like every time that I have you on the show and we're talking about like the, the previous event that you that you put together, like you're setting IWTV records like constantly like you're pulling in amazing like large audiences for, for these things they're you're showing that there is an audience there um and then being live in the building for paris's bumping last year like you talk about wanting to create studio 54 at a pro wrestling event jesus christ <laughs> like you yeah. yeah like you have it 
like it, it's there for sure. And I think that's one of the things that contributes to this, what you're talking about, this feeling of your peers trusting you with, with, um, with their careers and in, in these moments, because like you have a track record now and it speaks for itself. That's a, that is great, but that is also like, whoa, pressure. Yeah, it, I, it definitely is. <laughs> Cause I'm like, you know, like, I have no idea what the show looks like. Like, I was just like, hey, do you want to come? Hey, do you want to come? Hey, do you want to come? And everybody's like, uh, no shit, yeah. But like, but now it's like, okay, like, how do I tell these interesting stories? How do I continue the stories that we've created? You know, like, what's the, like, like, you know, if I'm speaking with the director's hat on and not the wrestling hat, right? We got to continue this thing where the better business bureau, best business bureau, uh, you know, destroyed the ball. Like, what happens next? Mariah is a legend. How does that continue? Like, has been deemed a legend. Now we got Candy Lee after not wrestling for so long and being a part of this brand for so long. Now it's her first match. How do I tackle that? Edna McQueen and St. Sinclair have a few. How do I do that? But now I got Pussy coming in. I got this crazy motherfucker, Sazzy Boatwright coming in. <laughs> uh, you know, I got, I got, I got these straight guys, you know, Michael Vincent Young with doors. <laughs> like, I don't like, there's a lot to think about how to create something that's like sick. Like he's not allowed to like, we're not doing door. Like he's, he can't, no, he cannot be trusted around hardware. So <laughs> if you're thinking he's going to do something involving doors, I assure you that is, I cannot be more serious. That's not on the table. So don't think there's going to be some crazy door elimination gauntlet challenge that he's going to like, do. like now it's totally not happening. That's not some kind of subliminal spoiler. Like, no, that's no, we're not doing doors. Yeah. But it's crazy to come up with like, you know, ideas, you know, because everybody has their shit and their gimmick and this and their that, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a challenge having that many people in in one space but you know i think there's obviously plenty of time to to figure that out as well and i don't know i'm excited to see see what happens you know i i i am very very um much looking forward to what is in store that weekend because like Mm -hmm. it just feels like like yes you want these shows to be different but fit together but the entire thing as a package just feels like this giant celebration that we haven't seen to this extent i think in pro wrestling for for the community like obviously like you know butch versus gore was a, a, a kind of a, a a genesis of of this sort of thing there in a way not necessarily for like the entire movement before like some of the more recent things we've seen now big gay brunch gives you an, an environment that's like that as well, and but to have like a multiple day thing that is solely focused on on this community, um, I can't even imagine what the what the the crowd is going to be like at these at that show. So loud, so loud! Please don't have sex in the bathrooms, guys. Please, um, yes, don't don't do that. Don't burn the building, please. Um, but. You know, I just want people to know if you are planning on coming, like, or watching, because we will be streaming live on IWTV. Um, 
that my effort is to create, and these are going to be the length of a WrestleMania. So you're getting two WrestleMania length shows back to back. So prepare yourself. If you're at Paris as well, you know that shit's going to go on and on. So i got to tell you that. But for, <laughs> for Cassandra Cup and uh, those shows, when I tell you the attention, the detail, it's a challenge. Not only do I have to wrestle and book in, but I'm also going to be wearing the headset and playing the role. Well, I'm not playing the role. I guess I am the role of Vince. Like, put this video graphic here, this thing here, this camera cut here. Like, for this show, because it's live and I'm terrified because I love the advantage of a good fucking post-edit, um, to do it live is a challenge. But also, I want to create what, you know, a pay-per-view would would look like if like we you know like well it will have that pay-per-view feel there are going to be i can tell you that there's going to be performance there's going to be vignettes video packages advertisements like it's going to feel like a real push towards elevating what the live event could be like on the other side when you're not there like i want people to, to get enriched by that so while the crowd is sitting on their their hands waiting for the next match, you're watching the, the video package to lead us into this. So you're getting context that, that the audience is invested in because they spent the money to come. And you're also getting that benefit for the new eyes on IWTV because I do think we're going to draw a lot of new eyes to it. Now you're getting to know who these characters are and why they're here and why these stories are taking place. Um, and that's a real focus on mine to really go all in, you know, I, you know, like I, I really am focused on doing, exceeding my standard and really making these like viable product, like in every asset of the word, the wrestlers do a great job of wrestling. I don't know how to tell them shit. You know, the camera people at IWTV do a great time. I don't got to tell them anything. You know, I have amazing people that do commentary. We have Nick Shin, one of the best referees, and we're bringing in some of the kids from T2T who I've watched referee, and we're like, oh, these are they're great. Nick Pierce was at the first Paris just because he set up the ring, and I didn't know he could rough. And I was like, oh, he's a good ref. Um, uh, you know, we're all pulling it together. We're working with uh, new people on video packages. This is a community effort, not just in the ring and at the show, but behind the scenes, you know, we're working with Tiger Driver on some cool branding for Cassandra Cup. And we're working with another person on branding for Ferris's bumping. So the community at large has hands in this besides the people in the ring. Uh, Cause there are two people that do camera work for IWTV. So every facet of the show will have queer hands on it, which might be like the first time ever that from every part of a show, in every like category, someone queer is involved, which if that is the case, <laughs> pat on the back, but like, um, I can't stress enough. Like I'm working so hard on this. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely comes across, I, I think. And, you know, that commitment to like having the community throughout the show, not just in the ring, but, but behind the scenes as well. Like that's a very important thing.
Alright, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Um, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ringpod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboyotm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. I like that you say that you are going to be like basically having the role as Vince on this thing because... That kind of all circles back to that first Paris is Bumping show in in rural uh, Maryland, where you know I think one of the lasting moments, me like memories of that show, is like you looking in the camera and saying, "This is what the future of pro wrestling executives look like." Well, I hope somebody gives me a couple of million fucking dollars so I can be an executive. <laughs> yes. God, it'd be so much easier. But oh like, yes. But you know, and 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 and, and, I, and maybe that's not me. Maybe that's somebody else. I think that like. Um, I want that. I want that. You know, if somebody offered me a job and was like, you have to retire, but you're going to be able to curate the next 20 years of professional wrestling on television, I would retire in a heartbeat because, you know, it's not a work. You know, I'm not doing this for cloud. I don't sleep. I don't eat. I, I destroy my kitchen getting ready for the show and the whiteboards and like the Paris Swimming Trophy took over my dining room for like a fucking month. Like, it, it's it, it's a thankless job, you know. Yeah. I love my community, but sometimes they can be the most high strung, over demanding divas that I've ever dealt with. Like it's a hard job. Talent relations is not easy. Talking to a sponsor is not easy. Trying to make sure people don't fuck in the bathrooms is not easy. Like you know, like making sure people are are adequately paid for and telling them, hey, you're actually charging me way too little. Hey, you're actually charging me way too much. All of that when you put it on one person, it's a hard job, but I think it's necessary that we have somebody in that position that can really push things forward. It just happens to be me. I wish that somebody else could do it, but hey, whatever, like we're here. Um, and I want ultimately for Pro Wrestling Bad to become a major company. You know, uh, listen, I know he gets his criticisms and it is what it is, but I think there's inspiration 
from like GCW and Brett Lauderdale. Like I can't, I can't say that like I didn't watch the world of GCW and took notes. I can't say that I didn't do that. I did. You know, um, their rise is kind of what I think a lot of people are striving for. It's really cool to see like that there's an independent company touring that has big sponsors that are helping them be bigger, better, better. Um, I want that for wrestling vibe. I think professionaling pro wrestling vibe could really in the next few years jump because I think that people are interested in what we're doing. Um, and we may never pull crazy numbers. It's not about that, but it's about being viable and being able to help people get to where they're going. If, if my company's viewed as where you're a, a millionaire and you want to put wrestlers on your TV product and you need X amount of queer so you can like not feel bad about yourself. If you, if you poke from there, I don't have an issue with that because my people are getting paid, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, that's the goal is to be bigger and better. And this show is a, is a, is a test run. You know, it, you know, I don't see it being a colossal flop. God, please no. But uh, I see us elevating with this show for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the right goal to have. And, you know, I'm, I have faith and, and I can't wait to see like where, where this all kind of shakes out and how that weekend goes. Is it just, I don't know if there's something special at, at these, at these events, you know, and, and I, I want to see that growth for, for, for you too. I want to see that growth for all of for, for wrestling, but like, I, I want to see that happen for, for pro wrestling vibe. Um, because I think that, that the talent is there, the minds are there, like the focus is there. And I, like you said, like if G, like GCW has proven that, that you can get to this level, you can get to a higher level out of, out of, where we're at now in in the pro wrestling landscape why not pro wrestling vibe and 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 you know i think brett got to brett, joey Giancarlo, the team they got to uh, uh accomplish a huge goal of theirs at running uh hammerstein like i know that that's their like that was a huge deal for them my goal is a little loftier and more probable and i will need a billionaire to do this my goal is to run a wrestling show in radio city music hall oh I, I'm from New York. It's such an iconic place. I, 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 I don't care about Madison Square Garden. That doesn't mean anything to me. Radio City Music Hall is just to see wrestling on that marquee. It's like what I want the most uh, to see it there. You know, if we can do like a 20,000, okay, cool. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about like, that's a couple thousand, like we can do something cute there. If it's thousands, don't know, but um, that's my goal. So it's inspiring to see that like the indies can elevate for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One more question for you on pro wrestling, uh, pro wrestling vibe, and, and the weekend coming up. Um, it was interesting to me that well, not interesting. Okay, let me let me rephrase the question real quick. Um, I have to ask you about like the the date, like why why did you why Pride Month for this one? Because I know in the past like we've we've spoken about like your desire to have, you know, uh, LGBTQ Pride shows like this like throughout the year, and obviously you have accomplished that multiple times between Butch versus Gorka Sandro Cup. 
um, very, and Paris is bumping, I believe was that was in July. So like you've done that, but for this weekend, you've chosen to go back to Pride Month a bit. Was that a conscious choice, like for Pride Month, or or what what led to that decision for you? Um, that was not my choice. Mm. That was not my choice. I am not shitting on the decision to do something in Pride Month. Um, I really like the rebellious nature of not doing a show in June. But I think, on the other hand, do I think queer people will have money saved by June to do like their big things? Yes. So if I put on capitalist bill hat, then like it's the best option for right now. Or something that's like daring like this, like a two day thing, like queer people save up for pride. It's like that's where we go on vacation. That's where we go, we do the thing. So, um, and also, you know, to, it, 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 it makes it a destination, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't, I, I'm not going to lie say it was my choice. It wasn't my choice, but I, I, I am not naive to the benefits of uh, running. Mm. No, I mean, it makes sense. It makes, like you said, like that is, that is a prime, prime spending month for, for the community. And that it, it does, it, it, I don't think it loses any real, the impact like yeah like it's not like the the rebelliousness of like you talk about but at the same time like i feel like it fits because for for something of this scale happening for the first time in in pro wrestling that if it sort of fits that pride month is when it happens you know yeah and i mean and there still happen to be you know if 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 if, if people want to do if companies want to do the, the the rainbow logo and then like the not booking the queer talent like oh yeah we got like four queers in our show you know like I'd rather those workers get an honest payday doing an actual pride because we still have some of the vanity you know blah 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 on some pride shows yeah um, so you know uh yeah I mean we're doing it in June but like there'll be other events that are not I don't know the date yet I'm working on those but uh there'll be other events I'll be in other months that are not tried yeah I was gonna actually ask you because I know you mentioned a return to DC for pro wrestling five at some point this year yeah um I think that we had something good going in DC I think we can really grow in DC I think we can can be a constant. I think the Graveler region, I'm not going to say they need us because that's really presumptuous and like egotistical, but I think that the Graveler region needs to be taken more seriously as a region that is developing, I think, some of the best talent in wrestling. Um, and Fight Club has been holding it down since the start of the pandemic. Uh, Flying V is freaking back. Um, and then there's other companies like One CW um, that are also running shows and things like that. Um, but I think to have kind of the, what was at one point the centerpiece, you know, reincarnated under a different name, you know, as a prime time no longer being a thing, but like that same energy kind of being there, I think adds credibility. And honestly, if we're doing the Civil War IWTV bit, like, Let's boost up the Graveler region as <laughs> like listen. So yeah, I, I think DC where we're we don't know we don't have a home. That's kind of the cool thing about Vibe. 
there are West Coast plans, there are Midwest plans, there are Southern plans, there are there are a lot of conversations happening. Um, I think Vibe could tour if we wanted to. Honestly, I think we could. But um, DC is important, and uh, the goal is um, to do uh, something huge for that mm. first show back. Something like huge. Uh, fall, fall will be the time, but yeah. Okay. I like huge. Sounds yeah, good. I, we, we put it this way, like we're where we, we as a brand, I think it's important to address we didn't do X right. And the makeup will be better than what you would have gotten before. I can't mm. spoil it, but I feel like it's pretty clear what I'm referring to. When you say we're gonna do queer version of X and then people wanna see that and then it doesn't happen. And when you do the re-up, it's gotta be crazier. So I'm really excited to do a queer version of X uh, at that show. Is it important to you to kind of like make good on, on those things that you announced and that you promised to, to your fan base and to your the people that, that are wrestling for you? 100%. I felt like shit when uh, everything collapsed. And that was, you know, it's hard when things fall apart that aren't necessarily your fault. It's hard when things fall apart where, you know, have questions and give a couple answering them and uh, where you really feel like you would have really did something crazy and something really good. Um, and for that not to happen sucks. Um, uh, and I think that people were really looking forward to that. The Human Nature show was really sad. And it was really going to be, a, I think, a better show than Butch versus Gore, in mm. my opinion. I think we had all the, I, I think, like, I had a really good idea of how to do, like, a really big card. Um, and uh, that didn't happen. And I felt bad. Dude. Uh, I, I felt like I let everyone down. And for me, you know, I'm all about, like, if I get your trust to do this again, which I have, like, pride and vibe is part of that make good. <laughs> And then that next job was to make good. Um, and when we do get, when we are able to do Chicago, I want that to be the way it needs to be and perfectly done and not disappointing the the the, the, the desire of people in the Midwest to watch Perrette's and Vibe. No, I mean, I think that's the right attitude to have. And, and I commend you for having that because you don't always get that in pro wrestling. So like, it's, it's good to know that there is a commitment there. Listen, I'm a human being. I fucked up before i'm gonna fuck up again but if you tell me i fucked up i will acknowledge it and i will see the ways in which i need to improve um exactly. you know, yeah please no one ever put me on some god tier pedestal i'm not that i'm not infallible I, I make mistakes all the time no that's a quick way to to it's a quick way to kind of like set yourself up for failure is to, is to put anybody on a pedestal in that way yeah don't put me on a pedestal no, no. Um, I am glad that you brought up Fight Club, though, when we talked about going back to the DMV, because uh, obviously you have a big match coming up on February 20th at Fight Club, their first show back in front of fans. Like you said, they've been they've been running throughout the pandemic from Fight Island to Mochella, um, but they're finally back in, in D.C. Well, I don't know. This might is there. This is their first show at D.C. Brow. This is their first show at D.C. Brow. Yeah. 
And so, it will be the first show I've wrestled at DC Brown since Bush versus Gore. So mm. emotional, blah, 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 blah. And it's very fitting who you're wrestling since it's your first show back at, at DC Browson's Butch versus Gore, as you are defending your Chocolate City Championship against O'Shea Edwards. Isn't that serendipitous as a motherfucker? It is. Like, it is. So it's weird. <laughs> it's so. Listen, you would have told me, yeah, the first show back in DC, who you're gonna wrestle? I assure you, I I would not knock on O'Shea, but like, I, I you know, there's so many names. So, but for us to literally pick up where we left off is fucking wild. Um, uh, but we've been telling this story for two years. Um, you know, we've been we've been we've been having issues for two years, um, and I think that the first chapter was a shock to everyone. I don't think if you would have told anybody that the matchup with versus Gore was going to be six minutes and me get 10% offense people would have been like huh you know I know that the anticipation was that at that time there was no doubt in how I was going to win that match and I was going to win that championship and it was going to be like the end of layman's you know but that wasn't what it was uh and um I'm really excited to come back and also you know to show DC, to show the industry, since that show, I've really evolved as a wrestler. I feel like the growth I've made, the understanding of myself and what I'm able to do is um, gonna be really displayed because I'm in there for blood. It's a last fighter standing match. So the last person, I mean, the, the, the opponent that cannot answer the referee's count of time loses. Um, and my Chocolate City title is going to be on the line, which I am 10 days away from celebrating at the time of recording, 10 days away from celebrating two years holding the championship. Mm. Uh, not thrilled that I won my first title in the middle of a pandemic. You know, uh, I wish it would have been normal time. So I could have really uh, done the goals I had when I first won it. But I feel like throughout COVID, I feel like I've done the best possible job of trying to take it other places, trying to, you know, I think with the title, people think, you know, let me go around and just all the main eventers, all the people from like TV shows that have open contracts to indies. For me, I wanted to highlight part of the grapple region, which is that it is forward thinking and it's always with the eye towards the future. And the people that I've wrestled for this championship, I consider to be people that are going to seriously believe me wrestling within the next couple of years. You know, Erica Lee, Erica Lee, Christian Robinson. Um, I really think that Hoodfoot is somebody that's gonna be a, a big problem in like uh, the next six to eight months. Um, and uh, the opportunity to take that to my hometown was awesome. Defend there, wrestling Elo Neal in a bananas match for the <laughs> yeah. title. You know, I, you know, I, I, that was my focus for the Chocolate City Championship. You know, the world title is the world title. You know, Trish has done a phenomenal job as a champion. Um, and I think for me, with this belt, I wanted to go in a completely opposite direction, what I could control holding this title, who I'm fighting, who I'm doing this. DC has a real 
scrappy underdog, like, you know, chip on the shoulder vibe of the city. And the people that have fought for this have said chip on shoulders and a real scrappiness to them. So um, now it's time for me to fight, you know, the man, you know, the, 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 the boss that I can't beat, you know, and you're like eight playing Xbox, you can't beat the final boss, so you break the controller, you gotta wait a month for your mom to like be able to afford another controller so you can finally beat it by hitting X. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I really commend you for what you've been able to do with that title because like it's, it can be very easy, especially winning that and then immediately going into this, the, this slow period with the pandemic and, and uncertain futures, you know, at, very, at the very beginning there, to be able to take that belt and really elevate it in the way that you that you have and, and put it against all these outstanding talents. Like I, I still go back to that match you had with Erica at, at the uh, at the Polyam call party, the match with Eel Hoodfoot. Um, there's, there's, there's some Jared, the match with Jared, like there's so many that really got the, the stage to make that title feel like something significant in, in the way that you just described that you wanted it to do. And to the point that, you know, it honestly, it honestly, in, in some ways, like feels equal to the, the, um, the title that Trish has in a way, like obviously like, yes, Trish, it's a world championship, but there's still in terms of significance and in terms of like meaning and in terms of like wanting that as a, as a prize, like it, it feels like the, the chocolate city championship is right there neck and neck. Well, I appreciate that. And that's super meaningful to hear that the title is viewed that way, but make no mistake about it. I, 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 I have, I believe in the Chocolate City title, but I think the Chocolate City title has prepared me to be a challenger and potentially world champion level competitor. So, you know, I have one more match. I was also in PWI, named number one contender for the world title and never got that match. And I've patiently waited. I have continued to defend this title. And now on February 20th, O'Shea Edwards and I whoever holds the Chocolate City title becomes the number one contender. Mm. Like the goal of calling it the Afro-Continental title, we are at that moment. Whoever wins this title is guaranteed the next world championship opportunity. And I will be so damned if I have done all this work, killed my car, ruined relationships, eaten horrible food, been beaten up by my friends and by foes, wrestled with a concussion to have O'Shea Edwards just mosey on in and take what I've built two years. So he's also got a, a, a gripe to prove, you know, he's he's fully reemerged in the indie scene looking to pick up where he left off and I'm looking to continue going where I'm going. I know he wants to take over. I want to take over. So, you know, He's going to have to kill me. He's going to have to be the one that finally kills Bill because I will put my body through intense amounts of torture to uh, get it done. So. Uh, I saw you fear, fear the gay agenda. I know what you're willing to put your body through. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think he understands. 
I know the key. You see, it, see, I'm labeled the underdog. Like 40% of people think I'm going to win versus 60%. But I don't think that's the same amount of people that have seen me spill blood on a dirty bar floor or came to AJ Gray and kicked out of four Lyrians. Mm. So, like you said, you're a different Bill now. I, yeah, I, I'm, you know, it's, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I was a boy in that match. Little shit. I look like a boy. I look up when I walked through that. Why did I shake my beard? But like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough son of a bitch, and I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna. If he's gonna win, he's gonna have a very difficult time. He's yeah. gonna get very frustrated, <laughs> and uh, that will be that will be a really interesting match. So if you're inclined to, I, I don't know if we're streaming live. I know if we're not streaming live, it'll go up on IWTV pretty close after. But I club on the twentieth is. Big, big deal. It definitely is. And, um, you know, like you said, in, in talking about bringing uh, Pro Wrestling Vibe back down to D.C., Fight Club feels like the constant now. Like, F- Flying V is back, yes. But um, but Fight Club feels like the, the, the D.C. constant in terms of pro wrestling now, which is amazing to see, considering, you know, how young of a company it is at this point. Um, they've really carved out um, a place for themselves there in a way and it in a way that speaks to the city like like you put earlier about like you know having that the chip on the shoulder like that whole attitude that that DC and the DMV kind of exudes like Fight Club feels like the embodiment of that from like management down to to the people in the ring um what to you like what is the significance of of a company like fight club kind of taking over that mantle for for the dmv and being like the the mainstay there i mean they 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 are the heart of dc you know um i think that they've done the best job possible to stay open and a lot of companies have not been able to survive COVID, and it's unfortunate but i think Fight Club, the, the the people that work there, the talent that works there, the fans that watch and tune in want to see it succeed. You know, I think that Fight Club has introduced through the Taco City title and the Afrocontinental Championship, I mean, the Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Championship, uh, you know, before we had Kofi Mania, Gresham, AC Mac, Nyla. I mean, Fight Club presented the idea of equality within the world championship picture really before the industry caught up to what they were doing. Um, uh, and that, that's really special to me. Um, uh, I think that they're going to be the constant in DC because I think no matter what the opinion is of Fight Club, it's real. It's real. People, you know, people recognize it's real. People recognize passion. People recognize desire, you know. And through Motella, it is dedicated to to sticking to uh, the culture of DC, whether you get some of the jokes, whether you get the music videos on the Motella episodes, it is firmly DC. And, you know, with, you know, I'm the kind of wrestler where if I have a question, I just ask it to a promoter. And I was asking, like, so explain your 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 thinking with the, these episodes because I don't know. And 
you know, uh, Chris Kazama, who was like the lead on the editing and that kind of stuff, was just like, I want this show to scream DC as fuck and it's gonna look the way it's gonna look. And I was like, heard, got it, cool. And I think that because it's true to that, they will be around for a very long time. And I don't see a company surpassing, I think, the level of real cultural touchstone DC that they have. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Like the, the show, you know, obviously like I have never lived in DC, but I like, it feels like the vibe of that city from like the time that I have spent there. The Mochella definitely feels like that vibe. I think it accomplishes that. I could not be happier to have Fight Club as the as the leader in, in the DMV and, and the heart of the, of the, of the Grapital region there. Um, I'm excited to see that show, whether it's live or whenever it goes up on IWTV. Trish and uh, Swole is just a wild match to think about the, the what could happen there too. Yeah, like that that whole card is going to be fun. But I, I will definitely be watching for for the next clash of, of O'Shea and Billy for sure. Like I I go back to that that first match that you, that you brought up a, a lot in how it kind of was like the beginning of this sort of um this sort of era of matches where like i invest in you because like it seems like more and more you were just like getting the hell beat out of you but you are showing more and more heart and overcoming greater odds in a way like that match feeding into your matches with darius like it just feels like this story of of growth for for you and realizing just how far you can go in in that yeah. way and how much you can take and still persevere. So, I'm That's, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, it's just funny because that reminded me of an inside joke. Um, so like I think on like Pride shows or like any sort of like special show with a big match on my my record is like horrendous. Like even <laughs> like thirty or something like that. Like. Um, and, uh, my, my locker room nickname for a while was, uh, William Christ. As it's like, so how many times are you going to die for our sins? You know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I am also aware of, of, you know, I, I, listen, I love having a good match. I love showing what I can do, but I also am in this to win and in this to accomplish and achieve and, I think 2022, I you know, I I am making a concerted effort to to be a winner and to to to, to prove that you know I am more than just a martyr. You know, I am also a winner. I can be a winner and a martyr. So, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I know you are a winner in my book and and so many others. And I'm only I beat 199 other people. I am a winner. There you go. At once. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we like wind down a little bit here, I have one more question for you. And I couldn't have you back on the show without asking you about BJ Gray real quick. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> <Speaking of> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been, I've gone on the record multiple times on this show in written pieces, whatever. The entire Straight Bill saga was such a good like example of just organic storytelling coming out of like, what at least from like an audience perspective was just like something so innocuous but it just mm -hmm. kept building and snowballing to the point that it becomes like a major storyline on the <laughs> at the collective in chicago um to <laughs> and 
I love the fact that it 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 got so many people behind it that you that you actually that you got the pop whenever you came back after like reverting back to to, to Billy Dixon with just from putting the shirt back under the overalls and coming out to your regular music. <laughs> that moment just I I just you can ask my partner like I'm I just I was crying laughing and just it was just like it was just so good. Um. I think for me, I just wanted to have fun. Sometimes, you know, wrestling in, since 2020, I think things have happened where things have gotten sad and somber and like really serious. And like some of the times my character is in a super serious situation where it's like the Legend of Zelda or some shit. Like it's just like everything has to like matter. And um, uh, I don't like, I think with like, so there's this like kind of thing with like the queer creators on each other's shows of like, do what you want, you know, like whatever. So I didn't even ask Effie what he thought of it. I just did it. Um, and and he just thought it was the stupidest thing. And he says, well, I, I think he asked me one time, like, are you doing this? And I was like, I, I'm just, I'm bored. I was bored of being a serious character. But also I want wrestlers to, 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 to have multitudes. One of my biggest heroes is Mick Foley. Uh, so DJ Gray is one of my version of the four faces of Bell. Like, you know, mankind had hope, mankind do love, you know, that's what DJ Gray was for me. I, you know, it was fun to just go on Twitter and none of my interactions be like incredibly negative. It was fun to go on Twitter and like know that I'm making people die with laughter by like this like social commentary, if you understood <laughs> what it was. But also like this clear rib of a of a of a of a gimmick. And you know, it was, it was, it was, it's good to have fun. You know, I have fun in my deathmatch and hardcore match and all that stuff and promos, but that was just so much fun. And also, um yeah, it was just, it was just, it was a break. It was a break from like what I had been doing um and to know that like there were people in higher companies going like having questions because I had friends tell me like so this gay guy is doing a gimmick that he's straight <laughs> and 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 them going yeah and they're going well why and then my friends responding well we don't know <laughs> uh, so <laughs> It was just fun. Uh, that was like, and also like, I've always wanted to be a troll. I wanted to know what it was like to be a troll. I get why trolls exist. That was like a <laughs> rush. It was such a rush. Being like, how can I top myself today? It was a little addictive. So I'm glad I'm like gay again. But like, also like, um, you know, it's a fun way to enter the match with SGC because like, I wrestled them before. So and we just said like, yeah, we're gonna fight you again and then lose. You know, it's something adding to the story of like okay, the win or the loss in the end doesn't matter because you got taken on this crazy roller coaster ride of confusion to get to a, a, a hot tag in a match where it was tornado tag. <laughs> I just... That was my favorite part. Edith Surreal <laughs> said, Edith Surreal, who I love dearly, she said to me, she's like, she's like my favorite because Edith has such a like a, such a way of like presenting things to people. She goes like, I saw you did there. You did a high tag in a tornado, tornado tag. Genius, you're the best. And walked away. <laughs> Just, you know, 
you know, it was it was fun. I loved Street though. That was so much fun. There'll be another I, another bill when I feel like having fun. Oh, I'm I'm sure. And I'll be here for it. No, that that whole thing just added like elevated that what that match could have like could be to to a different level in that way. I, I loved like watching you have fun with that. At the same time, I did also love the commentary there of like like <laughs> I, lo- I love that you had people like actually like asking like why is uh, this gay dude playing a, a straight playing straight as a character and I'm like well you motherfuckers like played us as characters for so goddamn long right like why 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 did you do that like right. why is I that mean, a question like but also it's like kind of like how do you feel now that you've been you know exactly sort of the intent of like so if I exaggerate all these like things that people think of you, how do you feel? And then uh, I remember my straight friends, the guy friends were like, do you really think this of us? Like, do you think we just don't listen to women? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was, I mean, I mean, what I love about each of the, the, the gay shows, the big gay shows, is that I think I do the pop and circumstance thing. And then you got Effie where like, it just is a like, doing acid, some of these match ideas he has. Like, oh. you know, to put him over, like so on a pole, like when he explained to me what he was going for, I was like, like, I see you, like we share a brain. Like I get it, like, ah, uh, you're so smart, but like, <laughs> You know, we, we, I think we, we, like, I know that at Gay Brunch, I'm going to do something that I can take wherever I want with it. And like, it's totally fine. And he knows that like, you know, like that, that like I have a Dusty Rhodes complex. So I do the, like the real, like, yeah, and it's going to be a formatted sheet and bullet points and shit. It's <laughs> no, I, I love the, the, the diversity of presentations and ideas that we see between all of the queer creators you know, and I'm excited to continue to see them flourish, see you flourish, and to see all the ones that come afterward uh, build that space out even further as well. Um, I always love getting the chance to talk to you, Billy. Thank you again for taking the time. Let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can uh, grab tickets for Pride and Vibe Weekend. All right. Thanks for listening to me, Dibba Jabba. Um, my social media is uh, everywhere the same, the Billy Dixon. Uh, if you want to follow Pro Wrestling Vibe, it's on all the places at PW Vibe. Um, you want to buy Pride and Vibe Festival Weekend tickets, go to shopiwtv.com. That's shopiwtv for tickets. Two of the biggest nights in the indie wrestling calendar, I assure you, uh, featuring the most probably queer talent in wrestling in one building ever. Um, and uh, support, support, support authentic, progressive pro wrestling. That's uh, what I would leave. I can't agree more. Thanks, Billy. Thank you. My thanks once again to Billy for taking the time to, to chat with me all about Pro Wrestling Vibes Pride and Vibe Weekend, about Fight Club uh, and Grapital We Trust. That match uh, with O'Shea and, and Billy is going to be a uh, vicious affair. Um, and 
I I definitely am with him in that uh, it seems like the fates have brought them back together within the walls of DC Brow two years after Butch vs. Gore. Um, it's going to be an exciting one. Definitely check that out uh, if you're in the DC area of the DMV. Uh, February 20th, there at DC Brow uh, within the the city, the city limits of Washington, D.C. Um, I know it will, will be up on IWTV at some point. Um, if it's not live, that's something that's going to be uh, appointment television whenever it comes out, just based off of what that card looks like and what Fight Club has been putting out there. That's amazing to see. Um, that is going to do it for us this week. We had a little surprise double episode week, but we're, we're back to one episode a week again next week. But... Um, Definitely excited as we keep moving forward. We're, we're quickly getting up to WrestleMania week, and uh, which means I have to figure out how I'm going to schedule out all these shows because <laughs> there are going to be so many shows. If you were around last year, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, we'll leave that to the future and worry about the present. And in the present, I am going to say goodbye for this week. But, of course, as always, until we talk again, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if you are able to do so, and happy birthday, Ziggy, happy birthday, Darnell, and happy birthday, Caleficent. Bye. Coming from the top of the bridge, you made a deal with